Hope you enjoyed that. Hill song with Love You So Much, Jesus. Pastor Jeff Grant speaking, and this is Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay, 107.5 FM. Beloved, may our God richly bless you as you worship him in this hour of praise, prayer and teaching. To begin, let's join together in prayer. Our Father, we worship you and we want to participate in your divine nature. You are our King and you have called us to believe in and obey your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour and our Lord. We have joined together in this radio church service to praise and worship you, Father. May your wonderful Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to you and your Holy Word and draw us closer in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dear ones, in 2 Peter 1 we read this, starting from verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. And now let's hear Shine Jesus Shine from Graham Kendrick.
listening to 4CRM, Mackay 107.5 FM. This is Radio Church. I'm Jeff Grant, and today's message I've called The Disciples' Second Chance. What a lovely title. Many of us have had the experience of thinking that our service for God, or even our faith in God, has been seriously damaged, or even completely destroyed. We need to know that our Father in Heaven is the God of the second chance. Today's text is from uh, the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah the Old Testament prophet faced such a time. All his efforts to prevent a catastrophe to his people were to no avail. His nation of Judah was drifting downhill to complete ruin, and his life mission of warning was unheeded. His whole life had been wasted in effect because no one was listening. Let's look into God's message to him to comfort him in his despair. This message, dear ones, is timeless, and it's a great blessing for the earnest disciple who has burnt out or fallen away through sin or discouragement or failure. I'll read to you, first of all, the first three verses, Jeremiah 18. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I'll give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. I've called this section, The Vessel Shaped. Now, God knew Jeremiah's distress, and he knows ours too. He knows all about us. He knows our ups and our downs, and our successes, our failures, our discouragement, and our joys. He wants us, you and I, to know that his methods for forming our character sometimes involve uh, uh, some physical, some emotional, and either or spiritual pain. Now, this potter, was God's illustration of his methods. God is in control. He's always sovereign. Everything that happens is under God's authority. He's in control, and our lives are like the clay that must be shaped. And sometimes it must be shaped contrary to our stubborn wills. You and I don't always agree with what God wants to do with us. The potter, which is God Almighty, selects the design, and everything about the object he's making is his decision. And we know that all that God does is because of his wisdom and his love. He doesn't make mistakes with what he does with us, including the dark moments that we experience. We really have no say in the matter. And our only real response is to humbly yield to the master's hands. The wheel is like these circumstances of daily life that shape our characters. The clay represents a human nature. And such clay in itself is, is fairly worthless without the touch of a skilled potter. Its only real value is in its capacity to receive and retain the pattern from the potter's mind. Now, Jeremiah had clearly seen that his nation of Judah was anything but humbly submitted to God's plans. Now, they had been in rebellion for literally for centuries. There had been ups and downs, there had been good kings and bad, and prophets and so forth, and and they, they kept turning to idolatry. But carefully and lovingly, God took Jeremiah aside and revealed his divine heart towards the nation of Israel and also towards his attitude towards his servants that he was fashioning for his eternal work, including Jeremiah. Now, how do you feel about how God has fashioned your life? Could you, could you give thanks to God for everything that's ever happened to you? every single event, every single circumstance. You know, God does not mass-produce his servants. 
Every one of us is a special project. In Ephesians 2, starting at verse 8, it says, Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not because of works, lest any man should boast. For you are God's workmanship, literally his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you might walk in them. That's what God's doing in my life, and it's what he's doing in your life. He's preparing a masterpiece. Wow. When we look at the mirror each day, we don't really think in those terms, but that's what God says. Um, you are his masterpiece. Have you reached that place of thanking him for every aspect of what he has contributed and instilled into you? You, the clay, on the potter's wheel. Let's pause for a moment and listen to Chris Tomlin as he sings The Splendour of the King.
Grant here. You're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. And I'm sharing with you a message I've called The Disciples' Second Chance. We've just looked at part one, The Vessel Shaped. And now part two, I've called The Vessel Marred. And this is virtually just half a verse, verse four. And verse four simply says, But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Yes, this is called the vessel marred. Now, while Jeremiah was watching the potter, the potter was working away on the clay in his well, suddenly the design was distorted, and then the clay suddenly collapsed. What a shock! But this is not the potter's fault. Something was wrong with the clay. The potter knew what he was doing. He had a perfect design in mind, and he was working according to plan. The potter, though, for some invisible reason, was unable to mould the clay into his design. Either some impurity in the clay, or some lump of something, or the clay was resisting the potter. Such clay is sometimes then thrown on the potter's scrap heap as unworkable and useless. Now, you know, when we've been through some har- harrowing experience, we may be tempted or even coerced into thinking that we have been tossed aside. Or worse, we've been disqualified from any further use to our Lord. It's also a possibility that we have been seriously disobedient or even rebellious. When I was studying at seminary some years ago, uh, a number of my fellow students went through some major personal problems and crises. And that can happen to anyone who's studying uh, full time. Uh, One of these students came to me one morning before class in tears. He was absolutely distraught. Uh, because of the personal issue he was facing, he thought his time at seminary and therefore his future in pastoral ministry was, was finished. It was over. He just couldn't get over this thing that had happened in his life, his family. But with encouragement, he persevered through this crisis and he saw it as uh, God allowing him to be forgiven and cleansed and uh, be excused from some judgmental attitudes he had. And he went on to effectively serve the Lord. He's still in ministry today. However, there are all kinds of situations and possibilities where the clay of our lives has been virtually rejected by God. There's another time in that same seminary, a much more serious matter, far worse. Uh, It overtook three of the professors there, actually, separately. And two of them were disqualified from further service because of their personal moral failures. The whole seminary was in an uproar and uh, deeply humbled by this experience. But these two men, the the third one was was forgiven and and, uh, he was discipled and encouraged and counselled and he he got through it. The other two, they were gone. Um, Their clay, I have to say, was literally thrown aside. We read about Judas Iscariot. He rejected the potter's design for his life. He was a disciple of Jesus, but he really wanted no part in God's plans, and there was no sign of repentance before God after he'd betrayed his Lord that he'd known for three years, and he'd been with him all that time. He literally ended up on the potter's scrap heap, and incidentally and coincidentally, he was buried in a place called the potter's field. None of us want to end up like Judas, and he He ignored the warnings of Jesus. If we think we can try and thwart God's plan for us, 
he may need to apply some form of drastic fall or even remodelling if the individual may be interrupted in their decline and later to be restored. There may be many varieties of sin or attitudes that must be removed. Otherwise, the planned design cannot be formed. The wonderful thing is that God is in no hurry to abandon us, his servants. He, in fact, he does all that's possible to heal us and restore us. And that is the wonderful truth that this passage in Jeremiah 18 is telling us today. Let's pause briefly now for another song. And this one's from Carrie Underwood. And she's going to sing for us, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Here's Carrie Underwood.
listening to 4CR in Mackay, 107.5 FM. Jeff Grant here, and I'm in the middle of my message I've called the Disciples' Second Chance. The first part I've call, I call the vessel with shape. We're talking about the clay on the potter's wheel that Jeremiah is observing. Then we looked at the vessel marred. Now the good news, we're going to look at the vessel reshaped and perfected. And I'm going to read to you verses 4 and a half or 4b through to verse 10. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the desire, the disaster rather, I had planned, the desire I had for it. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and it does evil in my sight, and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I intended to do for it. Our God is always sovereign, and he's in control of our lives as we allow him to be. So this section, number three, I've called the vessel shaped and perfected. When Jeremiah was watching this experience, the, the clay on the wheel and, and, the, and the clay ruined and marred, uh, he fully expected the potter to throw away this bit of clay with all the other designs, the other failed designs, already in the potter's scrap heap. But instead of that, the potter gently and lovingly repositioned that clay again onto the wheel and commenced to rework his design again. You know, the scriptures record many accounts of marred vessels that God has remade. Jacob in the Old Testament was virtually a deceiver, that's what his name means, and a scoundrel. But through all kinds of rather fiery experiences, God remade that man and he became a great man of God. And God is not ashamed to say, I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Uh, of course, Peter was someone also who had uh, virtually blotted his copybook in a terrible way when he betrayed the Lord. And yet Jesus reinstated him, restored him, infused him with the Holy Spirit, and Peter became the great apostle to the Jewish nation. And then there was John Mark, the young man who went with Barnabas and Saul on their first missionary journey. But something happened, we're not told what, in the, in the book of Acts, and basically John Mark went home to mummy. Something disturbed him. And later on, Barnabas and Paul even had a big argument over it. And then Barnabas took John Mark with him on his travels. Later on, he became Peter's a virtual, virtual sidekick and wrote the book of Mark. And even Paul could say that Mark was useful to him. Those are accounts of marred vessels that God has remade. Perhaps you're a marred vessel. Perhaps you used to be uh, on fire for the Lord and something has happened and you feel that God has turned his back on you. He's thrown you on the potter's uh, clay scrap heap. That's not the case. That's not the case. God restores those who listen to his word, who seek him with all their heart. You know, the potter uses fire as well as he uses the wheel. It's not mentioned here, but he does. The wheel is to form the shape 
and the fire in the kiln later ensures that that shape and design will last as they are burned in. So what pattern does God have in view when he models us? Well, in, and Paul wrote in Romans 8, uh, it's the image of his son. That's the work that God's doing in my life and your life. He wants to form us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. It's so clear in the Holy Bible that every touch of God has this perfect end in view. You know, the fire that I just mentioned makes the design, the pattern and the colors permanent. There's a lovely story about King George VI who ordered a tea set from a pottery business and he went to their factory to see how it was going. He must have been uh, really interested. He thought he'd just give all the workers a, uh, a big encouragement by turning up by royal decree and he went through the, the various sections and watched what they were doing on the, on the wheel and then in the fire. Then the, uh, the owner took the king and showed him the tea set he was making. And the king said, Ah, oh, wait a minute, I didn't order a black set, I ordered a gold set. No, your majesty, the man said, this, this, this is your set, but it's covered with a, with a black substance so that it's already been in the kiln a couple of times. And now it's going in one final time to perfect the colours. And if we didn't cover, cover, uh, cover it with this black... Um, it'd be damaged, it'd be, the heat would be too much. So the black is there to protect the cups, the china, from the extent of the heat. I hope you see, as I do, a message of hope in these verses. You know, God, God puts us through trials. He allows these trials because of our sin or, or for some other reason, whatever it is. He allows these to happen, but he doesn't do it to, us, to destroy us. He does it to perfect us to cleanse us, to beautify us, to make us the vessels he's chosen. And we must accept that God has the first and final say in our design. Now, there are genuine cases of ruined workers, but there are so many examples of restored saints who go on to greater results than might have been expected if they hadn't been through this trial, this failure, this setback. I uh, experienced uh, a preacher Many years ago when I was uh, studying in America, I won't mention his name, but he'd had a moral failure. And uh, soon after he came to our chapel and spoke there, uh, it became public knowledge. Uh, this great man, he was a wonderful preacher, a godly man, but he had a moral failure. And so he decided he'd, he'd uh, resign from the position he held. He had a very responsible position, uh, leader of a missionary organization. Some years later, the American president, Bill Clinton, asked for this man, this preacher, to come and counsel him after the president had been, uh, you know, publicly, um, basically dragged through the mud over various moral failures of his own. So this man was wonderfully restored to the point at which he became uh, a counsellor to the, the top man in the country. Experience on the potter's wheel can bring us greater maturity and greater fruit for God's kingdom. He is ever the God of the second chance. When his dabbing servants cry out to him for mercy and grace, he hears immediately and sets about refashioning his perfect desire. I pray that God will be working in your life today and you will see that you are like that clay that was put back on the potter's wheel. 
You're like that tea set about to go into the fire, but it was protected by a coating that would stop it being ruined and destroyed. That's the God we serve. Glory to his holy name. Amen. And now, dear people, I've got a couple of songs for you. Jeff Bullock, as he sings, You Rescued Me. And then Steve Green, as he sings, one of my favourites, He Who Began a Good Work in You. Here they are, Jeff Bullock and then Steve Green.
to Radio Church on Force Hour and presented by Pastor Jeff Grant from the Uniting Church at Serena. Radio Church, and we've come to the end of that program today on Radio Force CRM Mackay 107.5 FM. I'm Jeff Grant, and I'm going to close with the Jude 24 doxology. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Saviour be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. 
Now, beloved, I've got a closing song from Robert Mark of Belfast as he sings, All to Jesus, I Surrender. Goodbye till we meet again. Oh.